Hello and welcome to the community's highlight section of our show this morning. And today we have none other but the one and only Mike Bondersel with the stock out. Mike, thanks so much for joining us today. No problem. Good to see you guys. Good to see you as well, Mike. And Thomas, we have to talk about the latest in CPG. Exactly. One of the big ones, PNG, talking about CPG, throw more <laughs> acronyms at us, recently talked about their earnings. Uh, what are some of the highlights right now? What did you notice? Yeah, so about as uh, blue chip as it gets, uh, Procter & Gamble. Um, you know, sort of last week and really the week before, I talked about kind of four sort of key themes I'm looking for in um, the CPG earnings season, which were margin improvement, muted elasticities, fewer supply chain issues, and I think management will shoot down that over-promotion uh, bearish uh, thesis. And with Procter & Gamble, I can go on down the list. I mean, the first one is margin improvement, which is really what most CPGs are describing as their top priority right now is getting those margins back to where they were before the pandemic levels. Um, Procter & Gamble made some nice progress on this. Their gross margin was up 150 basis points, uh, operating margin up 40 basis points. So that's really the first time in a couple of years they've seen margin expansion. And um, you said the commodity and freight costs uh, better than they had um, anticipated earlier in their in their in their year, and um, you sort of that their margins still below sort of pre-pandemic levels. They're sort of right now gross margins forty-eight and change. They're more like fifty and change uh, before the pandemic. So still some room to 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 grow, get to pre-pandemic levels. But um, you know, there's these companies, the CPG companies, including Procter and Gamble, starting to talk about their costs as being a mixed bag, which is really a departure from what we've seen the past two years, where absolutely every CPG input was up dramatically across the board. So I think that's good news. Uh, P&G specifically talked about things like some seeing some price declines in pulp and resins. Those are things that go into like absorbent uh, type materials um, and stability in uh, certain other raw materials and packaging costs. So I think those are good um, things for the CPG industry that, that at least the costs are being a little bit of a mixed bag. I mean, there's still some pressure in terms of, you know, wages sort of throughout the supply chain. So it's not a, a situation where they're seeing you know, deflation so much as sort of um, inflation at a, at a moderating rate. Uh, and, and so we expect most of the CPG companies to po po start posting improved, improvement in the margins really next, uh, next few quarters. Uh, we've sort of turned the corner there, uh, going from margin contraction into margin improvement. Uh, the second trend, manageable elasticities, definitely have been seeing that. Uh, sort of Procter & Gamble, their prices rose 10% worldwide and they saw a 3% volume decline. So call it a 0.3 uh, elasticity, but a point of that was pulling out of Russia. So it was even better than that um, elasticity would uh, imply. And then in the past month, they said their volume is only down 70 basis points, excluding Russia. Part of that is China returning to the equation after being locked down for a large period of time. So they're seeing a benefit there. I mean, they're, they're so global in nature uh, that, uh, you know, certain uh, countries outside of the U.S. actually experiencing, a, you know, much worse inflation than the U.S. And so even with sort of elasticities there, you know, some of the other CPGs that are more focused on the U.S. market, you know, could could even see elasticity less than that, just really not see a lot of uh, volume change for uh, growth in um in, in, in pricing, I uh, also just saw Coca-Cola reported this morning, and their cases volume was up 3% on an 11% price increase. So they're not seeing a lot of pressure 
on their volumes either from from rising prices. I mean, part of what goes into that is, um, you know, fewer people locked down in China and things. They do well um, with food service. So, uh, you know, I, th- I think that that trend is, is holding that not seeing a lot of elasticity. This other trend of seeing fewer supply chain issues, you know, not a lot of things that that, you know, some of these companies have been calling out. It's actually harder to find things to write about in terms of supply chain issues for the newsletter, uh, which really finds its way into CPG's financial statements in terms of lower costs and better volume because you have higher on-stock, um, you know, rates. And, uh, you know, Procter & Gamble talked about their freight cost as no longer being a headwind, which I thought was an interesting way to put it. It seems like the CPG companies are really prioritizing service and having those products, you know, on time in full over saving a little bit in freight costs. I think that's might be why we're seeing the contract rates stay maybe a little bit more elevated than you would have thought, given how, how much the con- how much the spot rates have have collapsed. I, I don't think the, the CPGs are trying to wring every dollar out of their transportation costs, um, considering that's only maybe eight or nine percent of their cost of sales. That they're really sort of focusing on that on that high service. Um, so uh, good good news there on fewer supply chains, and then this issue of the over promoting certain products. I think the jury's still out a little bit on that. There was a good article from Reuters. They talked about Procter & Gamble having about 29% of its products on some type of promotion, which was up. uh, They said it was up 1.6% year over year. So that's higher than you're going to see for sort of packaged food companies, which I think is kind of in that low double digit uh, range. Uh, So that's still something to keep an eye on. Sort of are these companies going to give back some of this margin improvement with promotions, buy one, get one free type of deals. I think not because they're just so focused on margin improvements. Um, they seem to be prioritizing that over volume, but but we'll see on, on that issue. And Mike, were there any talks of what the remainder of 2023 looks like um, from any of these earning calls? Of course, I know it's quarter by quarter, but right now we're looking mm-hmm. at the job market definitely still holding up for now. But any mm-hmm. kinds of headwinds that they mentioned or tailwinds or signs of optimism or concern that they mentioned on the calls? Yeah, I mean, some of them have taken up their expectations for, for volume because they just really haven't seen a lot of um, you know, elasticity. Uh, you know, the, the, some of them, they're more global in nature, starting to get a little bit of benefit from, from China. Uh, they're all really cautious on Europe. So those that have a large sales presence in Europe are more cautious on that market because the inflation there is still double digits. Uh, it really hasn't come down as much in the U.S. because of the energy uh, situation. So that's a trend that that, that we're seeing. Um, and uh, you know, some some of the companies say, well, you know, their costs aren't moderating as much as let's say the publicly traded commodity costs would. So as grocers, other retailers try to put pressure on these companies to. to reduce prices, a lot of these companies saying, well, our costs really haven't come down all that much because of a specific list of ingredients and and, and other things. So there, there, there's maybe still a little bit of, of, of caution, but it's not to the extent of, well, you know, is the truck going to show up on time? Are we going to have the right ingre- enough ingredients? Are we going to have the packaging material? It's just fewer issues like that that can really disrupt getting these products onto shelves. And you have the newsletter, the stock out. Do you have any previews for what you plan on writing about this week? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to dig into Coca-Cola's earnings, which just came out this morning, see if there's any um, sort of interesting things, you know, coming out there. Uh, you know, tomorrow, Nestle reports. So that's the world's biggest food and beverage company. There's always interesting things to glean from that. They do tend to perform better 
than I think the CPG industry as a whole, because they've revamped their product portfolio, weighted in the direction of those categories that are growing uh, quickly. Things like health-related products, you know, pet food, um, you know, things that uh, you know, Wall Street likes to see that the top-line earnings growth where they can demonstrate uh, that. But there's always things that that you learn from that. Awesome, Mike. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. If people want to catch your show, Stock Outloader, on today, what time can they watch that? Yeah, so there it is. It's uh, 2 o'clock Eastern time. You just go to tv.freightwaves.com. Awesome, Mike. Thanks so much, and we'll be tuning in. Okay, good to see you guys. Good to see you as well, Mike. Right now, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with more Freight Waves Now. <laughs> 